guys, welcome to the Atlas Podcast. My name is Emma Loggins, Editor-in-Chief at FanBolt.com. I'm Jakai Mikkelsen, uh, Creative Director of Atlanta Movie Tours. .com, also .com. <laughs> we have so much to talk about today. This is actually like a slam-packed show. Um, <laughs> slam-packed, I like it. Slam-packed. I, I don't even know what that looks like in my head, but it, it's something I want to pick up and play with, which is probably dangerous. It might look like the closet you're recording this in. I don't know. That's just my my guess. <laughs> this closet to my left, I've got a duster hanging on the wall. I've got uh, my wife's clothes beneath me, and to my right, there are some storage bins and uh, and uh, and a metal wire 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 shelf. And I can't say wire. Apparently, Jeez. it happens. It happens. Um, all right. So for for this week, I'll give you guys kind of a uh, a brief lineup of everything we're going to go through. Uh, we're going to take a moment of silence here in a minute for the Muppets because, oh my God, I'm like heartbroken, as everyone knows. Um, but we'll get into that. Um, after that, we have our box office report, and we're going to talk about Money Monster and the Atlanta film Nice Guys. And then we got a couple teases for you guys, so it's going to be a good show. I think uh, it's it's almost like uh, teasing a teaser. That is yes. like next level Nice teases. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's like a dream inside of a dream inside of a dream. It's like super slow mo teasing. This got weird. I made it weird. <laughs> so yeah, you uh, you did some cool stuff over the weekend. You want to talk a little bit about it? Well, we got uh, we got a chance because um, I've talked about it a little bit on the show. We we worked on a film called Spilled Milk, which is a documentary about my best friend who's got a disease called sickle cell, and and we got a chance to actually go speak uh, at at this nonprofit organization that that serves underserved kids um, near Castleberry Hill area, our, our former neighborhood, um, called Doc B Cares. And we got a chance to basically talk about what it took to make the movie. We got to show the clips. We, we had like a little news clip that was on Fox 5. So I didn't know how to, because these kids, they're young kids. And I didn't know how to approach it exactly. So I thought, well, if I was a kid, I'd be pretty pumped to like see somebody that's been on the news in the flesh. It's like yeah. a super, super, super low level celebrity moment. But uh, so I, I totally started with that. And it, it was really cool. And Omar got a chance. The kids uh, had a lot of questions about sickle cell, how it hurts and everything. And Omar got a chance to, to really talk to him. So, so that was kind of a fun. It was kind of nerve wracking because these are young kids. And I had no idea. I mean, who like if you're a little kid, I don't know how engaged you're going to be about a documentary that isn't a cartoon or whatever. But uh, no, it was it was uh, it was a pretty cool thing to be able to do. So I was I was happy to do that. What about you? Did you do anything uh, exciting? A little less stressful. A little less stressful on my end. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, I So I found out I had to move recently. So I've been looking for where where the next phase of my life is going to take place. <laughs> I like that that's less stressful on your yeah. end and you just have to move. All right. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I just had to talk to kids for 20 minutes. I like it. Yeah, the moving part, I think the anticipation of packing all of my stuff up is uh, not that... That's stressful. Just thinking about it. Not the actual doing it. I think doing it might be less stressful than thinking about doing it. Okay. Nice. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> but, right. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to be uh, moving into a new neighborhood and going to be living along the Beltline. Ooh, so I've heard of that. Yeah, it's this little thing here in, in town. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, that happens here in a couple of months, and I'm pretty stoked about it. I'm going to start biking everywhere and... Uh, 
maybe maybe get some rollerblades and try not to hurt myself. And nice. <laughs> nice. Get we'll wrist see. guards. Those are super important for rollerblades. Yes. Yes. And, my, yeah. and knee pads. <laughs> and, and, and probably a helmet. <laughs> well, a helmet. But when you typically when you fall, I, I saw firsthand this happened to my stepmother. She was teaching us all how to walk, uh, stop without using brakes. Because for a while, like, listen, I'm a little old school. Like, and when uh, rollerblades were all the rage, if you were a super cool rollerblader, you didn't keep the brake on. You took it off and you T-stopped. And she was showing us how to T-stop. And right in the middle of her demonstration, she broke the crap out of her wrist. So our little oh, skate no. day ended up at the emergency room. So no. that's kind of fun. Uh, so anyways, wrist guards. So I'm saying <laughs> wrist noted. guards. Yes. Noted. Yes. Well, that's really um, exciting. I mean, you know, I know moving can be stressful and horrific, but there's also something um, awesome about being force fed a new era, which can be good. Yeah, that's that's what I see it as. I see it as like a, a fresh start. So I'm really excited about decorating and putting yeah. all these movie posters up I have, but I haven't had space to put up. So I've got myself pretty jazzed about the decorating part of this. <laughs> nice. Um, nice. But yeah, so it was um, last week in general was just like so much happened that I was not prepared for between between that happening and then the ultimate blow to my soul. The Muppets being uh, canceled. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. After, you know, there was a lot of drama around the mid-season, um, the mid-season finale. And they changed out the showrunners and had talked a little <sighs> bit about um, going a different direction. So, yeah, it, it wasn't a surprise to me that it got canceled. But what what's really painful about it is the last movie with Ricky Gervais and Tina Fey didn't do so hot and, and wasn't really good. And the TV series, which I adored, uh, just kind of I think it didn't hit the right demographic, like the millennial generation that grew up with Muppet Babies and Muppet Tonight and, or the Muppet Show and and all of these other kind of Muppet properties, I think loved it. But the older generation thought it was a little inappropriate for kids. Maybe it was a little inappropriate for kids, but I would argue a lot of the earlier Muppet stuff was too. Oh, totally, that's what I. That's what I think. I, when I remember when they when I first saw the concept for it, I was so pumped. I thought, what a brilliant way to make them relevant in today's world. I was so right. pumped on it, like the Muppet Show in the like documentary style. I loved it. It yeah. was like it, the office parks and rec meets the Muppets. And I, and I love all of those things. So it was just, um, and I, I adored the show. There was a couple bumpy episodes, but yeah. I thought it was for the most part, really well done. And, uh, and of course the 2011 movie that Jason Siegel, uh, you know, wrote and starred in had so much heart and soul to it. And I think if he had been involved in the show, it probably would have been a, a different a different thing that we were looking at. It, I, I doubt it would have been canceled. Um, and I thought that was a problem with the second movie, too, is that he wasn't involved in it. And that kind of heart and soul wasn't in it. And Walter, let's be honest, <laughs> Walter wasn't in it either. And had right. Walter been in the TV show, maybe it would have also been a different outcome. Yeah, the, Walter was a pretty good late addition to the party. I, I think yeah. the, the, there is there is kind of like a certain like wholesomeness that's at the core of the Muppets. That, mm -hmm. that, that is, but, but they're all, they're also kind of rough around the edges. I was actually going to ask you what, of all the Muppet films that exist, which is your favorite? Honestly, it's, it's the 2011, the Muppets oh, the Muppet man. movie. Uh, I just, 
I loved it. I love all. I can't. We watched it the other night, actually. My friends and I uh, uh, got together for a, and I'm not kidding. It was like a Muppet wake. <laughs> and we had food. You know, we made ourselves some drinks and, and we sat down and we watched the movie. And it was just, it was too soon. It was too soon because so much of uh, the beginning part of that movie is them talking about how they're not relevant anymore. And um, it's, it's, you know, getting the gang back together one last time and all of these things and it was just like ah oh, too soon um but yeah. it just had it had so much heart to it and i just i mean i i love everything muppets i've ever seen uh with the exception of the last movie with a uh, <laughs> ricky gervais and tina fey but um that was definitely my favorite i think before that oh man i I can't even pick before that. I don't even know what I would say. Like the Muppet Christmas Carol has such a special place in my heart too, just because right. it's kind of what I identified with Christmas as a kid. Right. Um, so, so many of, so many Muppet movies just have like a sentimental tie to some part of my childhood. Well, it's fascinating. Cause I think, I think again, I like, I know I'm not a lot older than you, but, but the older in me, like the Muppet caper, the second one has got one of my uh, most yeah. favorite scenes ever between Kermit and Piggy when Kermit calls Piggy out for overacting just in the middle of a scene that has it's like that's the level of the comedy that happens there. And in the original Muppet film, when Kermit is banning the map <laughs> and, and Fozzie's like bare left. <laughs> no, how'd it go? This is I'm, I'm telling it horribly, but it basically boils down to bare left, frog right. What? Nothing. That's freaking funny. And that, <laughs> that's the kind of magic of the Muppets that I love. And honestly, we're we're about to we're about to have our first fight. I did not love. I loved what the 2011 movie was trying to do. You didn't like it? How I, is that possible? I didn't say I didn't <laughs> like it, but it it wasn't as it wasn't. I don't know. There was like it was like a weird thing that happened with the Muppets where they were so self aware. Dude, I had a huge. I'm such a Muppet nerd, and I had a huge conversation with another friend of mine that is like over the top Muppet. He pretty much has a room of his house committed to Muppet paraphernalia. This guy is like next level. And we had this <laughs> huge, long, like deep conversation about 2011's film. I loved it. All the pieces were right, but there was something about the soul of it that felt like there was a self-awareness to the Muppets that they, they, they would just kind of be thrown into a situation the way they jump in. But yeah, yeah, I won't go into it because I don't want to poop on your <laughs> favorite of them. But yeah, it's, it's not my favorite. I will say the most underrated film of all the Muppet films was Muppets in Space. I don't know if you've seen uh, that. Muppets, yes. I have I still have the VHS tape of that. So I don't have a I don't have a player for that, but I still have the tape. <laughs> That's cool. um. I still have my VHSs as well. But that one that one did not do well at all. In fact, that kind of sealed the deal for them. That was like yeah. out there done. But man, if you watch that movie, there's so many inspired bits. And also that's the last one that Frank Oz was officially a part of. That's um, right. Yeah. So and you know what's it also interesting is like um Dave Goals uh gonzo he's been there for the whole ride as gonzo which man would i love to talk to him think about Me like because like all the technology and stuff that he was working with i actually went to a uh screening thing in los angeles like a like i can't even remember what the event was but it was before the film was released where there was like a small panel of people that worked on the special effects for that film mm -hmm. um and you see the behind the scenes stuff in 2011 they were using a lot of blue screens um, to, to kind of composite the puppets into things, which is not something that they did before. And there was a picture of Dave Goals, like, dressed in the blue suit, you know? And, mm -hmm. I, I mean, think about, like, they weren't doing that in the 70s. They um, weren't. Yeah, and also a fun fact is keying Muppets 
was the worst nightmare that special effect house ever had. And you wouldn't think about it. But then they're like, think about the Muppets are all primary colors. We couldn't do green because Kermit's green. But if you do blue, guess what? Gonzo's got a tons of blue, all these. And they've got these fine little hairs. It was seriously one of the most complex special effect movies ever. And you'd never know. <laughs> you know, it's um, I've been to the, the Muppet exhibit here in Atlanta at the uh, Puppetry Arts Center, which is really awesome. I definitely highly recommend people check it out. Um, my only my only bug to pick with them is that they didn't have more rooms devoted to the Muppets. <laughs> I needed more. I always need more with the Muppets. Um, but it was really cool because they kind of uh, they have a, like a lot of little video things on the wall that kind of show you how they they do some of the uh, the effects with them. From you know, of course, some of them being um, you know uh, actual puppet style to some of them actually being you know if they have to film a scene like out on the water or something, they'll have like a robot version of the Muppet. Right, and so. So it's it's really kind of cool to see how they tackle certain scenes in which you know they can't actually do um, the the puppet approach to it. Um, so I found that really fascinating. Oh yeah, I mean, and that's one of the things that I always appreciated about Jim Henson is that he was always all about like here's how we did it. You know, there was yep. never like any sort of like secret like ooh we don't want anybody else to know this. He was just always like. Like, here's how a Muppet picks up a phone. And you'll see every time a Muppet picks up a phone, oh, there's a cut. And then every time the Muppet puts down the phone, oh, weird, there's a cut. And then there's a scene. I remember it was like this behind the scenes thing where Kermit tried to put the phone down without a cut. And then the phone was stuck to his hand and he like ran away screaming or something. Like that. <laughs> so it was always like I just always. I mean, you know, Jim Henson, like I can't. It's like one of those things like there's some people that are legends and then there are other people that are legends and they keep being legends. You never hear anybody say, oh, that guy, what a dick. Like. He's just yep. he's just such I mean, the impact that he continues to have. In fact, I think that was one of the things a lot of people were complaining about the new show. It was almost like too mean spirited for a Jim Henson thing. Um I didn't mind that sarcasm because sometimes there was some pretty intense sarcasm even in the older stuff. Yeah. But, yeah. There was. Yeah. I don't know. I, I thought it was it was perfect. I think episode four will always be uh, be my favorite one of that short-run series. And we'll never get to know what happens with so many of the storylines and Sam and Janice and, oh, gosh. I just I? don't understand. Like, was it, uh, yeah, it's a bummer. I, like, I, yeah. I seriously, like, uh, gosh, maybe Netflix come through. Maybe, maybe, but it's probably such an expensive they're probably so expensive because Disney owns them. All the money and stuff behind the scenes of that, I bet, is pretty complex. But I don't know. Bring them back. Let's do it. Yeah, I, I fear that it's going to be another kind of go around like it was last time after uh, Muppets in Space, where we're just going to have the next 10 years right. with no Muppets anywhere. And I've been told that the um, the section that they have at MGM Studios and Disney, I haven't been there in several years, but I heard that they were making some improvements on specifically the Muppet part of that. Um, but I don't know if that's going to continue now that this is canceled, because there was a rumor that they were going to renew for a second season just because because the importance of the property to Disney and, of course, it being ABC being owned by Disney. Right. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm afraid that it may be, may be done for a while. Maybe it'll pull off a family guy. Maybe. It'll be canceled and then it'll be brought back and then it'll stay way too long. I'm we'll fine see. with that. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Actually, well, no, it's a good transition into because for my birthday, my wife took me to a brunch at the restaurant called Venkman's. 
that is actually uh, not too far away from the Beltline that you'll see. I know. I just, I I didn't even know about this place until like two months ago, and I've been once, and it's pretty awesome. I didn't either. And all of a sudden, I'm there. I didn't know where we were. And then we walk in, and I see a puppet show set up. Now, granted, I'm a lot, I'm pretty old for puppet shows. We were the only two people there without kids. But but, uh, there's this this guy, local guy, um, All Hands Productions, and he put on this puppet show by himself. He came out singing a banjo and, and it was this whole thing about the gingerbread man his name is david stevens and he did this whole puppet show about the gingerbread man and apparently he designed all the puppets and he did everything but he was there by himself and he was constantly running two puppets and wow like for real like we were like two minutes in and i looked at mandy who was just like oh this is a silly thing i'm gonna take him into and i was like a fanboy i'm like this dude can <laughs> operate the hell out of these puppets they were so like the fact and i just have to keep reminding myself like there is one dude doing all of this like i'm sure he wasn't the coolest guy in high school but i don't care like i was such a fan. like afterwards i like, shook his hand and i was like i was like intimidated to meet him because he was that good and i was like gentle when i shook his hand because i didn't want to mess up his money maker you know <laughs> smart yeah, that's yeah. smart that's very considerate <laughs> yeah no but it was seriously uh, he's doing actually another performance there on the 29th um i can't remember what that is i think he's doing the reluctant dragon back there at vankman's on the 29th okay. and I, again i don't have a child i'm seriously thinking about going back I had some brunch and watched a puppet show it was only five uh- bucks per person I'm making a note of that, actually. I think that's a Sunday, right? Yes. I think it's a Sunday. Uh, maybe a Saturday. It was a Saturday when we went, so I, I'm not sure. Okay. I'll double check on that. Nice. Cool. But, yeah, uh, but that's super cool. And for, yeah, hey, that was that was awesome. I, I actually took puppet classes way back in L.A. with uh, a former Muppet, Michael, this guy named Michael Earl. And he used to be Snuffleupagus and just, and that, but that was like puppeteering where you look at a monitor. So it means when you look left, the puppet's looking right and vice versa. So your brain melts trying to, it's another thing that, oh, that doesn't look that hard, but then you do it. It's so hard. The difference between somebody who knows how to run a puppet, make it look like it has weight and, and momentum and everything else versus a guy who's just like, I'm a puppet and I open my mouth when I talk. It's just a completely different planet. So, it really is. Yeah. It's it's a, a certain kind of talent that it takes to to do that, and it's just something that people don't even really consider. Yeah, yeah. It's it, because I think a lot of people write them off. Oh, they're just for kids. And granted, again, my wife and I are only two people there without kids. Although technically, <laughs> somebody pointed out, well, there's one in her, so maybe that That's gives true. us a pass. So um, early exposure for exactly. the little person. <laughs> but uh, I would absolutely go back. So it was it was a cool thing just just to keep in mind. All right, sorry, sorry. I will. So we should you know. Let's just change the name of this podcast to Puppet Talk. I love it. I, <laughs> I can't stop. No, it's hard, man. I could talk forever about Muppets. Yeah. Um, I will say in in other TV news, of course, there's been a lot of sad TV news this week for for fans. Yep. Um, of course, Agent Carter got canceled. Castle was done. Um, ABC just crushed the souls of so many people this week and so many different fandoms. Um, but next week, uh, of course, this week is up front week. And what that basically means is the networks will uh, present their fall schedules and present their new shows and announce what shows are coming back and aren't coming back and the premiere dates and all that fun stuff. Um, and they present all this to advertisers trying to entice advertisers to say, "Ooh, I want to buy advertising on that show. Right. So um, that's why all of this news kind of comes at in, in one week and each network kind of goes on a different day. Um, so we're going to talk a lot about that next week once all of the networks have gone. I will say that um, USA Network released a trailer for season two of Mr. Robot, which is one of my favorite shows. One of your faves. 
one of my faves. So if you want to see that, it's up on FanBolt. Um, it looks so good. Um, <laughs> but we'll get more into all of that fun stuff next week. And we'll go ahead and jump into the, to the movie side of things. Um, with the weekend box office, Captain America, of course, is still in number one. It brought in $72 million this weekend. And that brings the U.S. total to $296 million. And worldwide, they are uh, at six or overseas at six hundred and forty five million to date. Um, So this makes it the little fun fact here. Eighth largest second weekend grossing film of all time and seventh largest 10 day total of all time. Oh, wow. So some fun facts for you there. Hmm. Um, Jungle Book held on to second place. Oh, wow. That's having a pretty good run. Yeah. Yeah. and I'm going to come back to, to the third place here. Um, fourth place and fifth place went to The Darkness and somehow still holding in there, Mother's Day. Oh, Mother's Day. Well, good for them. Good, <laughs> good for, for them. them. Yeah. Good for them. Um, I thought it'd be totally gone this week. I was yeah. wrong. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's the little movie that could. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, but coming in third was Money Monster, um, which was a big hit. Um, on the film festival circuit and it brought in 15 million dollars for opening weekend it's uh i didn't actually realize that jodie foster was the the, director. the one behind it yeah, yeah she's the director um but of course it stars uh george clooney and julia roberts and i saw it last week um oh, i was goodness. yeah <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I was I was entertained. Um, so if we want to kind of just jump right into Let's, our rating system it's, here, it's, it's the Atlas Media Review. We seriously need theme music. Like burp, burp, we do. We need something. Right we need there. to look into that. Yeah, we do. We've got we've got to get something going here. We've got to step this thing up, and I've got to get out of the closet. This is all going to happen in due time. It's <laughs> Goals. Be amazing. <laughs> Goals and aspirations. Um. All right. So media review factor. You're watching this movie, mm-hmm. Boredom Gauge, from one to five, five being super bored. How bored were you? You know, I wasn't bored. I In the beginning, I, I was so, um, it's really long. So I think, I wouldn't say that I was bored, but I was very aware of the fact that it should not still be going on. Okay. <laughs> Yikes. So, uh, but I was entertained. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go with a... Three. Three out no. of five bored. Yes. Three, <laughs> three. Are you sure? It's your final answer. I think so. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So three yes. out of five. So that's okay. So it was like a, it was like a middle sea of boredom. Yes. All right. Exactly. So, uh, <laughs> so from an eye rolling gauge perspective, were you rolling your eyes a lot? Yes. Uh, that, that gets a five. <laughs> really? So It's wow. just not, it's not how things would happen. Uh, like, okay. it's just, you're watching it and you're like, okay, well, for number one, um, uh, my friend and one of our listeners, um, Mike, he runs a, a blog called Last One to Leave. And he, he works in a, a television station. And so he pointed out, you know, just basically how the, the setup is nothing at all like what they had and how things would not go gotcha. like this. And I'm thinking of it from a media perspective, especially towards the end when they actually, um, kind of, I don't want to give away spoilers, but, um, what, what happens at the end of the movie, they, they, they go on a little, we'll just say journey. And, and there's no way that any, like any law enforcement group would let that happen. Um, 
<laughs> so it's just, it's so much, there, there's so many things that are really difficult to believe with it that, uh, it, it dilutes the, the story. I mean, I was still entertained, but it was just completely unrealistic. And it's almost like you're, you're watching like a sci-fi film and you have to dislike, you have to kind of separate yourself from what you know is real and not real if you're going to enjoy it. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's like a movie that's like based in a reality that isn't real. The movie, it like takes shortcuts to help tell its story in a world that's supposedly real, but is obviously super not real. Yeah, but I think it's it's presented as if it's real. Like, I think I, I don't. Right. I think you're just well, supposed to I mean. accept that, it. So, yeah. So there's like a, there's like a like... contrast in 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 tone or not tone, but just. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, like. It's a movie that's supposed to take place in reality, but if you know the reality, it is super non-realistic, basically. Exactly. Exactly. Well put. Yeah. Yeah. So that was <laughs> the, the <laughs> eyebrow. took me nine tries. <laughs> um, so yeah, that uh, five. Five on the eye rolling <laughs> scale. Okay. All right. So it's so far, I got to tell you, Money Monster is not money. Okay. No. Uh, best no. performance. Um. Mm, you know, Jack O'Connell, who who plays the the kid that comes in and kind of hijacks everything, um, he did a really good job. Um, George Clooney, it's a very weird role for George Clooney and getting to see him dance like he did. It's it's very weird. Um, but I don't know. There, It wasn't really any standout performances. It felt very kind of. Um, just generic from everyone. Julia oh, Roberts, wow. George Clooney. Um, I say Jack O'Connell because I haven't really, I haven't really seen him um, a whole lot before. Um, he's been in, um, he's been in a lot of stuff. Um, Unbroken. Um, uh, what else was he in? Uh, the Runaway mini series TV. I'm looking through his IMBD right now. I'm still trying to figure out exactly what I recognized him from. Mm. Um, but none of these things are really, his face looks so familiar though. Maybe I saw him in something else. <laughs> um, but because I hadn't seen him a whole lot, right. I'm, I'm going to say him. Say him. All right. Yeah. I didn't have a, 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 an idea of what his acting skills were like really before seeing him in this. So gotcha. I'll give it to him. Okay. All right. So, so if it's all, everybody's equally spaced, who was, who was the one who seemed like they're phoning it in? Um, wasn't really any standout bad performances either it was just all kind of bleh. gotcha uh, <laughs> so do you think that's more more just just like the script and tone of the film or, yes. or the, okay got it i do all right. i definitely okay. do all right okay so no filmed in georgia credit here i don't think mm, i don't nope. think yeah nope all nope. right so uh do you ultimately regret the time you spent watching this movie you're probably not going to see it again i'm not going to see it again but um i was i was entertained while watching it so i don't regret it okay um i think overall i'd probably give it a a, a 2.5 Ooh, yeah man, that's 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 so basically a c minus or a d plus yeah or an at uh i can't i don't know how do you do half an l that's i know impossible. i'm like Whoa. totally i totally messed up your whole your know. whole yeah, system I know, all your half <laughs> thank you for not saying it was like a it was like a eight it was like a 
it's like a 2.15. You didn't That's go that. That's totally what I should start doing. I should go, start going into like font sizes, like points, like a right. 2.5 points. Yes, <laughs> like. be, yeah, so it's not quite an addle. So it's like, a, it's like an ally. I can't, I don't know how to do a little bit of an L noise. So, all right, well, that's uh, that's surprising because, you know, it looks like a powerhouse when you see Jodie Foster and it George is. Clooney. Of course, I also George saw George Clooney in a little movie called Tomorrowland, who's by one of my favorite guys, Brad Bird. And that movie, uh-oh, not yeah. good at all. So every once in a while, even the yep. best of us uh, lay an egg. Exactly. Um. So poor, uh, poor that addle. Okay. Well, not even an addle. An addle. <laughs> I, I can't even do it. I keep trying, though. Um <laughs> So, but on but, on that note, though, we did see a really awesome film last night. Oh wow! Yeah, that's a that's a good segue. I concur. Yeah. <laughs> I concur. And that movie was drum roll. Can you nice that? guys. Was that good? That was, was good. My it drum roll good? It sounded like okay. a bongo, but it oh, worked. Well, that works. Yeah, yeah, it worked. <laughs> I like that. I was I was in the closet meanwhile pantomiming a drum roll, which really exciting to see. <laughs> with my two uh, index fingers. If, if you could just visualize me doing that by the microphone right now. See, everybody, we're having a very connected experience. Okay, <laughs> I made it weird again. All right, so the nice guys. So good. Yeah. So good. Ah. So we can, we can walk each other through this. Uh, okay. The boredom gauge, one to five. Five, day, five alarm boredom. None. Bored, not a bit. Zero. Yep. Zero boredom gauge. I concur. I concur. I had a great time with it. I was, uh, I was very amused. Um, eye rolling gauge. There may have been like one or two lines of dialogue that I felt were just unneeded, but um, that being said, <laughs> I, I'm I'm going to give it another zero for for eye rolling. I whoa, yeah, All no, right. I loved it. I loved this movie. <laughs> I I loved it too. I I'm going to give it a three. On eye rolling, yeah, I know, I know, but but it was it's like it's like it's almost like what you talk about with Keanu. It was like a three eye rolling, but but in a way that was totally acceptable. There are a few That's times where I was like, oh, but but the world that it set up was fun because that was one thing. At first, I couldn't figure out I couldn't figure out the tone. Like like are 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 our heroes really at risk or is this just all like comedy but but that's kind of one of the things that did really well but sometimes i got confused on which way i was supposed to be feeling but dude listen to me down in the weeds i still had a great time with it but i, I would <laughs> I'd, I'd give it a three all right yeah i'll give you that all right i'll give you that thank you uh so best performance i mean ryan gosling yeah i think i think that's pretty <laughs> easy to say but ryan gosling versus russell crowe the dynamic between the them dynamic is, is amazing. It, Russell Crowe did a lot of work for Gosling. He did. He did. They played yeah. off of each other so perfectly. It's yeah. uh, I, we were sitting there after the movie finished. And I think the first thing I said was like, I want more. I want to see more, more movies <laughs> right. like this is. And I don't know if that's something that they're going to consider or not. I'm, I feel like a lot of people that once they see this, they're going to say that. And so my hope is that maybe we'll get more nice guys. Um, they kind of set it up to where it wouldn't be completely like out of left field. Ah, you know? That's true, actually. That's true. So, yeah. I oh my gosh! Nice guys, would... nice guys in the eighties. Yeah, gonna be fun. I would no. love it. Yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, so well, I guess who's the worst performance? Um, you know, Matt Bomber was a little weird. It was a little weird. Who? The the guy at the end, John Boy. Oh oh oh! His like weird. He was like Crispin Glover meets. 
Yeah. Something weird. Yeah, he. Uh, it was just a really. It was a weird role, and I don't know if it was intentional or if that was how um, he was playing it, or or what. But um, it just. I don't know. I've I've seen him. I've seen him in other things in which I really like him in, and he was just really weird in this. I don't know. Oh yeah, well, he he was he was like a one dimensional. Uh, uh, like, yes. Uh, but but he, I thought I thought he was one dimensional in a creepy, fun to watch way. Um, yeah. I I will say, yeah. and and this is weird because it, again, it, this is like bending the rules because it had nothing to do with her performance because she was good. But the daughter, I thought a few times, and I don't know if this ever struck you, but I was struck about halfway through the movie. Like this is like a weird rated R Inspector Gadget. The way yeah. his daughter kept coming in to to like save the day. Her name was Holly, not Penny, but. I was like, huh, it's kind of funny because she even looks a little bit like Penny from Inspector She does. Yeah. You know what? I Now that you're saying that, now I'm totally seeing it in my head. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so that struck me. That may have contributed a little bit to the eye rolling thing. But uh, like her performance wasn't bad, but that that dynamic kept like, oh, man, I can't I can't get that out of my head now. But it doesn't matter. Still a lot of fun. Uh, now, the filmed in Georgia piece recognition yeah. factor because it was filmed um, in around atlanta well, a, a, a fair bit of it was filmed in and around atlanta the movie was super los angeles right right um yeah there was i mean if you go to dragon con you'll definitely recognize some of the insides of the hotels right. um, downtown but aside from that we we speculated that one of the the scenes might have been the bar in the the 57th fighter group restaurant up at peachtree de cab or de cab peachtree airport um, but I'm not actually sure, so I don't want to. Yeah, we can't. I don't want to. We will have to confirm, but I wondered the same thing. Yeah. So you could see hotels and stuff. And I will tell you, the, the ultimate Atlanta recognition factor for me was uh, one of Atlanta Movie Tours insiders, Colin Carey, was suddenly full screen right in front of us as the cab driver of Ryan and, uh, and uh, Russell themselves, which was super fun to see. So that was that That's was a awesome. fun. And, f- and if, what's funny is that was at a scene that looks so Los Angeles. I'm like, okay, well, that is obviously some work being done to make that look like Los Angeles. So it was really cool to see, and, and I'm, I'm excited for him to to see the moment he's got in the film with two of the principals. So that's super fun. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So, so I guess it's it's the it's the moment of truth. What uh, what are we what are we giving this thing? What are you giving it? One to five. I'm going to give it a five. Ooh, a full Atlas. From full Emma. Atlas for me. I Ooh. loved it. I loved it. Ooh. I mean, it's not like an Oscar winning movie no. um, by any stretch, but it's so fun. It's so, it, it's so, the humor is amazing. The acting is great. The dynamic between Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe is great. I, yeah. So like, yeah, five should probably be reserved for, you know, the the Oscar winning movies, but oh, I totally disagree. But I'm, but, I'm yeah. yeah, five. <laughs> yeah. Right, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow strong with a four. I'm giving it a full atla. Okay, not quite okay. a full atlas because there were there were a few things that I would have changed, but still overall, like that is a movie I would absolutely watch again because there were certain scenes that I was laughing so vigorously at, um, and most all of them could actually be uh, attributed to Ryan Gosling. That guy brought brought some heat in that film. He really did, and I don't. I I'm trying to think if I've seen him in a comedy role before. I've seen him in a like Crazy Stupid Love, which I don't think I would really 
classify as a full comedy. I don't know. I've, I've seen him do humor before, but, but not to this degree. He was just, his timing and everything was just perfect. Well, in fact, one of the things uh, he talks about due to a super, well, I was going to call it super exclusive, but that's not entirely true. Was it, it's not, it's, not exclusive it's at all. In the super <laughs> non-exclusive clip <laughs> that you could hear anywhere else other than here is actually Ryan Gosling talking a little bit about kind of what drew him to do the role and the physical comedy, uh, which, by the way, like he was straight Jack Tripper in this thing. It was fantastic. And that's a compliment. That means good at physical comedy. Three, uh, three's company, nothing. Jack Tripper fell down a lot. Okay. Just from early on, I didn't really, you know, everybody reads a script differently. And I, I, I read it as an opportunity to really do a lot of physical comedy and, and take it into a kind of a broad place. But I, I didn't know if that's how everyone saw it, you know, and uh, um, Russell was really great. I think one of our first scenes together was that bathroom stall scene, and he was, he just immediately was, uh, um, I kind of went early to set to work out the door gag, and um, I, I kind of smelt smoke, and I looked, and Russell was there smoking, and he was just kind of very seriously telling me how he thought the door could bounce better. And we were very seriously having a conversation about as I have my pants around my ankles in a in a in a bathroom stall, and I thought it was going to work. You know, that it was going to we were going to have fun. What about the Luke Costello thing? Was that something you just came up with, on, or was that in the script? No, that's I. You know, my parents were too cheap to get a real video membership when we were kids. Like we didn't have a Blockbuster membership or something. They just took us to the library because the movies were free. And there was just Bible movies and Abbott and Costello films. So. Those were some of the first movies I ever watched, and I, I loved them, and I, I watched them. I wore them out, and, uh, you know, this, when we got to that scene, it just, it just, it seemed like a, like a great opportunity to put one of my favorite, my favorite gags. I love him. <laughs> it's difficult. Again, we talked about this as two episodes in a row now, but it is difficult to dislike Ryan Gosling. It is. It is. He's just awesome. Yeah. So I, I think, uh, and it's also fun to see even, because Russell Crowe hasn't done a lot of comedy films. and uh, He hasn't. And it's, it's actually fun to see him play on his, uh, his situation a bit. <laughs> 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 yeah, so, so yeah, so an Atla and an Atlas. To the, that, is, that is, I think that makes it officially, although to be fair, like if we were to retroact retrograde, I would also give Captain America an Atla. So we're, we've got our two Atlases are both Atlas for me. We've yet to have a, a, a 100% full Atlas from both of us, but uh, if we're nothing if not consistent. So that's, that's true. It's very exciting. <laughs> um, so yeah, Nice Guys comes out on May 20th, and you guys should go see it. Totally think you should go see it. I'll be very curious to see how it performs at the box office, because hopefully word of mouth will get this thing somewhere. And hopefully, it's not a superhero movie, so I'm very curious. To see exactly. what happens. It's not a pre-existing franchise or pre-existing anything. It's just a couple of pretty big name actors. Although Russell Crowe has, it's been a while for him since he's had like a commercial success. Right. It yep. has been. Has yep. been a little while. Yep. So, but hey, they dressed up like they were in the 70s, which they dressed up, you know, because they have costumes and stuff. And costumes, it's like dressing uh, up as your favorite characters. I see what you're doing here. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm a professional. So you guys can all go see Nice Guys on Friday night, but on Thursday night, <laughs> you, <laughs> you guys should all come over to Joystick Game Bar in Atlanta. We're going to be having our May Project Cosplay. 
Um, if you haven't been to a Project Cosplay before, uh, we have three designers and three models, and basically they have a theme in which they have to create a outfit inspired by the theme in about 20 minutes, and we usually throw in some some kind of crazy twist and turns to it. <laughs> um, so this month is going to be, of course, Captain America. And uh, it's going to be awesome. And of course, anyone can come and watch. You don't have to dress up to come and watch. Although if you do, we are going to be doing a audience participation uh, costume award this time. So you have the chance to win some some uh, free bar cash to be able to get a drink or two. Uh, so if you <laughs> have right. a costume... You should probably dress up. Might probably, get a free, probably free consider drink. wearing that. Yeah, and it's uh, you <laughs> will absolutely see people in their undergarments. So that is yes. all part of the experience. Yes, uh, I, it is I, super fun time. I'm going to be out of town this this time, so I'm going to miss it, Aww. which is stupid. Yeah, I mean, although I'll be in on the beach in Los Angeles, so well, I won't be can't hate too much, too bummed, <laughs> but also bummed because every time I go, it's a great time. It is. It is a great time. And it is something that um, I've had a, I've had a few younger people ask me about it, too. And I will say, of course, it's in a bar. So you have to be 21 years of age. And yep. you should, as you mentioned, be prepared to see people in their underwear, because before the models, uh, the designers start dressing the models, the models do strip down to their underwear. So the model or the designers can dress them. The first time we ever did a project cosplay, I think everyone was like, what is going on? <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's how we that's how we roll. From a from, um, a, from a nudity perspective, it's PG thirteen. Yes, from a, from yes. a context perspective, it's probably a hard R. Because <laughs> what's that's a, fair. what's the name of the woman who who uh, who hosts it? Candace, Candace, um, yeah, no, she's awesome, but she uh, she she says it straight and she says it with a lot of a lot of curse words. No, that woman, <laughs> so. that woman is a freight train, and I mean yeah. that in in the most complimentary way possible. <laughs> she goes and she is hilarious, but yeah, she, she is, is. Not, she is not a meek flower that you might <laughs> you might pick up and smell. She will nope. bowl you over, and it'll be hilarious when it happens. <laughs> yeah, she's she's fantastic. Um, so yeah, we have that, we have that on Thursday night this on Thursday. the 19th. Yep. And so we'll talk a little bit about how that turned out next week and then announce our, our theme for June next week as well. Ooh, June theme. Um, yeah. It's I hope it's be... a nice guy's theme. Let's just, now, let's just call it now. I'm just it's kidding. It's not nice guys. Yeah. It's going to be a surprise. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> but I'll give you a hint. There is a movie based around this topic coming out in June, so it's not going to be a huge, huge surprise. <laughs> okay. All right. Try to keep it relevant. And All right. I like it. Okay. Um, Fair enough. But yeah. So for next week, um, well, really, we have a lot of cool stuff coming up. We're going to be, I'm seeing Love and Friendship tonight, uh, which is a, a Jane Austen inspired flick. Um, so I'll let you guys know how that is next week. And then we have some really cool things coming up before the end of May. Um, I've got some interviews with uh, the cast and creator of Outcast. Of course, that's Robert Kirkman's new series on Cinemax. Ooh. It's amazing. I've seen, I had the first four episodes. I've watched the first one. I'm in love with it. It's, it's so dark and so awesome. Um, and then, of course, we have from the Atlanta filmed Powers, which is on uh, the Sony PlayStation Network. We have some interviews from them as well. That starts back the first part of June. And then, of course, next week, I am going on the the Zombie 3, Big Zombie 3 tour with um, Atlanta Movie Tours. Atlanta Movie Tours. I've heard of them. Yeah. I think you'll be riding uh, aboard Big Blue, our famous <sighs> Big Blue. I'm pretty excited about that. There were so many locations in the the last couple seasons of Walking Dead that I know 
you guys touch on on that tour. So, and it's a whole new area of town, um, or I guess of town. It's like Hampton and Griffin kind yeah. of area. Um, so I'm excited to see uh, what all what all filmed down there. It's very cool. And what's really exciting, I mean, hopefully this is no spoilers, but uh, they're they're coming back to a lot of these locations because they're filming right now. And there's been a few times where our tours have like stumbled upon them and like, sorry, because that's one of the big things about Atlanta. We never want to get in the way of the actual filming process. We like right. it's very important to respect the fact that a movie's being made and we don't want to bring people on set to cause distraction. But uh, there's been a few times where, oh, you guys, we were just showing this. OK, sorry about that. We're going to. We're going to turn around then. We're just going to go over here. Yeah, we're going to go. But so, I mean, selfishly, we're excited that, oh, so these these locations are going to be even hopefully bigger deals. So it's uh, it's going to be uh, the Big Zombie Tour Part 3 is just going to hopefully keep getting bigger and bigger, which is cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So we have all of that coming up. And I think that's that's it for this week on my end. Yeah, that's uh, that's everything I've got as well. So we've got all that coming up, and you just had that stuff that just happened, which was also awesome. So right now you're in the middle of a very blissful place. I am. As, as well, and listeners are as well. I don't even know where I'm going with this. I was just trying to like make it feel potent. Yes. Poignant. Potent or poignant? <laughs> Pick a P Both. word. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So we've got some great stuff coming up. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Uh, again, my name is Emma Loggins, editor at Fanbolt. Uh, my name is Chicago Mickelson. I'm the creative director at the Movie Location Tours company called Atlanta Movie Tours. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. I never know what I'm going to say at the end. And then my mouth starts I know. Moving. I always look forward to it. <laughs> just, a, just a mess. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. <laughs>